So I have a question. How are small business owners like us, who are spending 60 plus hours a week working in our businesses, and are still struggling to make ends meet, who have no time to spend with family, friends, or the things we value most in life, who feel trapped inside of our businesses, and it is consuming our lives? How do we get the freedom to be able to work on our businesses and not in them? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answer. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. What's up, everyone? Welcome to today's podcast. My name is John Nichols, and you are listening to Expansion Code Radio. We got a really great uh, episode coming up today. Today, I've got, I'm interviewing Gary Chupik. Um, He's a really good friend of mine. I've known him for over eight years. He is just a fantastic guy. Um. And today, our topic is going to be getting organic buy-in from your team. And this is me owning 10 UPS stores. This is a really huge piece about it. Um, and it's a really, it, this is probably one of the hardest things to do within your company. And I've been doing UPS stores for over 19 years, and it is just hard, 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 hard. It's, it's just the most difficult thing. So I've got Gary here today. Um, if you want to check out Gary, you can go to www.garychupik.com. That's www.garychupik.com. All right. So, Gary, I'm glad to have you on the, on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great here in uh, rainy Seattle. Shocking, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little shocking. I, I'm here in sunny Tennessee. So just let you know, I'm looking at my window and I've got sunshine. So I see break. nothing but gray, man. I see nothing but gray. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about getting organic buy-in from your team. Tell me a little bit about what this is all about. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've traveled a lot of places, uh, worked with a lot of companies, and there's a couple of common themes that I hear uh, working with these companies. And, and I kind of narrow them down to two. Number one is there's a lack of vertical communication in the organization. So we might work well or be in better communication with those who are right beside us. You know, maybe beside, you know, we have desks beside them, but in terms of like our superiors or people that we um, lead, there's just a lack of communication. And that lack of communication, I think, is incredibly costly in a couple different ways. It's costly to our culture. It's costly financially. And, and it's costly in other ways that uh, we could be sharing and collaborating ideas and we're just not. So we're not really tapping into the best of our employees. We just sort of just sort of. Um, having them work for us or, or, you know, just sort of, um, you know, them are, they're working for the company and that's just good enough. But really what we're looking for is incredible buy-in because our employees are vast wealth and treasures of, of information and helpful stuff that we can learn about our company. Yeah. I mean, most of the times, well, at least for me, say, so for my example, for me on the UPS store world, I'm not in my stores. I mean, I've got 10. There's no way I can be. I can do this. You know, I created structure, systems and people. And, you know, those, the, those are those are the three basics, what I call. Right. And so within that, I have to have people on the front line and my people. So whenever we try to go create a new system or something, I don't I don't do it for me. I, Gary, I always ask my people. Mm-hmm. I always ask my tribe. You know, these are my people, my tribe, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, and, and real quick going down another rabbit hole again, like I always do, but tribe is this, and, and I've got a great example. I've got a great definition for tribe. 
tribe is the best of family and the best of team married together to create tribe. So that there is my de- definition of tribe. So no, I think that's incredible. And that idea of team and family is crucial because if you're too much family, then you let too much stuff go. If you're too much team, it's more cutthroat. But if you have that balance, like a teeter-totter, um, and you slightly lean toward the team side because it keeps the family side in check, right? I mean, it does. we already have a family and we already can display those behaviors that make us family, but we are a team. It's like, if you keep throwing the ball to your first stringer and he keeps dropping it, even if it's your brother, you're not getting first downs. So that idea of team is really important, but not at the expense of family, but to use them in ratio together. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, and that ratio is is about a 60-40 split. If you really want to get down to, if you want to know what the ratio is, it's a 60-40 split. 60% team, 40% family. And you have to take the best attributes of family. You have to take the best attributes of team. It's not that you're going in. So, so this is this is a positive. So you're looking at all the positives for family and you look at all the positives for uh, about team. But that team aspect is going to have a bigger impact than family does. Yeah, very, so, very, very much so. Yeah. And so that idea of like, uh, you know, what do I see across the nation with uh, with businesses and some of the challenges they're having? So number one is that vertical communication across the organization. Number two is getting organic buy-in. To yeah. get getting buy-in from your employees, like having them engaged and wanting to see the organization or the business succeed is very difficult to do. It, it is. It is. So tell me a little bit about SWAT, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So that's so so the acronym is SWOT, and it is it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So tell me a little bit about that. Tell me how that affects buy-in. Give me just some information around that. Yeah. So the SWOT analysis is used by many businesses and has been used over. Um, the course of a a few decades, and it's been highly successful. But I think we're ready to sort of evolve that exercise into something new. And so today I want to talk about um, the four helpful lists. So the SWOT analysis does serve a purpose. Uh, I just feel like it's incomplete. I I think it doesn't take into account enough elements that could move the organization or the business forward. And the other thing is the SWOT analysis can be helpful on a quarterly basis, on a bi-yearly basis, but Doing something like the four helpful lists, um, I think, can be really, really helpful. And it's something that you can refresh every three or four months because your your, your business moves and business moves in general so fast that you kind of need to reset every three or four months. So the exercise I want to talk about today, the four helpful lists, I think, does that and provides that space for that. So why don't you go on in and and talk, talk to me a little bit about the four helpful lists then? Yeah, so... I think it's a great way to get organic buy-in from your team. And so there's four columns and then there's a couple um, other exercises or aspects to the exercise that can sort of bring it all home and land the plane. So it really starts out with four columns. The first column on the left is the right column. The next column is the wrong column. The next column is the uh, confusing column. And the last column is the missing column. So you have four columns that you work with uh, with your team to get the organic buy-in. And there's these four columns and they all have the four headings, right, wrong, confusing, and missing. That, that's really cool. So, um, and in saying all this, and I'm, 
going down another rabbit hole real quick, but it but it has to deal with this right here is that what people forget about buy-in and go and the thing about it is is in and organic buy-in is 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 a little bit of a false because you have to be strategic about it. Yeah. You have to plan this out. This is the, the you know, the, if you really want to get into it, there really is no such thing as organic buy-in. And even if, if it does happen, that means that you fell upon it and you just got lucky. I mean, and, and listen, I would rather be, I'd rather be, have some, have purpose behind something than fall into something. And then so, but my point is this, is that the one thing that you always have to remember about when you're talking about someone else is that what's in it for them and that there is, and that there is, and that there's the undertow that people forget about. It's not the thing that's on top, but it's the undertow because when it, when it, when it's down, when it comes to down to brass tacks, it's what's in it for you. Right. And it always is because in general, the, the, the psychology about it is, is, is human beings are selfish, selfish beings, period. You know, that there's that there's part of our sin nature. We are just inherently selfish beings. And I'm not saying that, that you or anybody out here listening to me is selfish, but you're selfish. <laughs> and and it's and it's not and it's and it's and it's in our DNA. But anyhow, so tell me a little bit about uh, why why are we starting with the so are we going to so much which column are we going to start with first? Are we going to start with the right, wrong, confused, or missing? And why are we starting with that particular column? Yeah, so we want to start with the what's going right in the organization. So so often we're like over preoccupied with what's wrong. And, and we, we tend to think as human beings, as you just mentioned, we tend to think of critically about things and we, can, we gravitate toward the negative and we don't often celebrate all the good things that are going on in our organization. And so oftentimes when we do, when I do this exercise, we start with the right column and I spend a lot of time there. I spend time there on purpose. And, you know, when you write down three or four things as, as a group exercise, um, you know, people just want to want, move on to the other columns. And I just don't let them do that. I, I take time to think about what's going right. And there's a, there's a, a you know, the, like there's an initial, everyone can answer the question time. And then there's this kind of this quiet time where I'll, I'll say, let's keep going. What else is right? And then it kind of, kind of gets quiet. And I find that if you just pause and you just wait and you make it feel just a little uncomfortable, people dig a little deeper to find what's right in the organization. And then they realize that the organizations that they're working for are really doing great things, that they're really accomplishing a lot of things, that they're really helping a lot of people. And we just never do that as a business. We never talk about all the things that are going right. It's always about what's going wrong and how can we make more money and how can we you know, reach our, our objectives and you know, reach metrics and that kind of thing. And I think it's really important to look behind us and think about all the things that we have accomplished because it changes the tenure, tenor in the room. So I think it's a great exercise and a great column to start with. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I've got a saying, which is an old saying, and then I've added my my twist on this stuff. And we, we mean you were talking about earlier how 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 I kind of take take things that are already out there and just, you know, 
as as the people, it, it's funny. The people in my organization, they they they. My name is John Nichols, right? And so they call it Nicholizing things, which is not my terminology. <laughs> it's part of the culture that grew. That is not me. I didn't coin that phrase in my organization. My people did, which is really strange, but I love it. But um, so the saying is, every cloud has a silver lining. That there's the that there's the phrase that we we we've heard hundreds of times, right? maybe thousands of times I add on this piece, but sometimes you really have to look hard to find it because it's not always evident. Hmm. And that there, and this year is part of my optimistic personality at my optimistic viewpoint on things. And the thing about it is, is that that's just what you got finished saying, right? You, you make them a little uncomfortable with the quiet, with the silence, you know, um, there's also a saying that, you know, uh, the person that wins the most is the person that can be quiet mm. the longest in conversations. Mm. Because the thing about it is, is that when you're quiet, you, you, you learn more being quiet than you do when you speak. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, but, and, and so, and so sometimes you really got to make people dig a little deeper inside themselves. And I love that. So let's go to the next column, the wrong column. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, the wrong column is usually the least amount of effort <laughs> because <laughs> most people are just like, man, we can name all these things that are wrong. And it's a great brain dump for the organization. And often when I do this exercise, um, and by the way, this is probably one of the most favorite exercises I do with business teams. Um, it gives them a chance to sort of vent a little bit. And so one of the rules of this game, of this exercise, is that we all sort of have to generally agree that this is wrong. It can't just be one person in the group because another person in the group um, might think differently or the majority of the group might think differently. And so this is an isolated situation. So what we're really looking for are what I call the big boulders. We might not get all the pebbles, but we're going to get all the big wrong boulders. And so sometimes when somebody says something that is wrong, I'll say, um, hey, why don't we, you know, does anybody else feel the same way? Does Does everybody feel like this is wrong? And oftentimes, a whole group of them don't think that it's wrong. So what I'm looking for is a general consensus in the group that something is wrong and that we can all agree that this is a problem. And to varying degrees, some people might think it's a little wrong. Some people might think it's a big wrong. But what we're trying to find is, is is this a boulder? And so generally speaking, this is the longest column because people just find it most easy to uh, look at what's wrong or think about what's wrong in their organization. So let me ask you a question. So do you have to move people from pebbles to boulders? And it's in, and so this is a two-part question. So do you have to move sometimes people from pebbles to boulders? And do the pebbles sometimes fall into the confused and missing columns too? Yeah, so you can have multiple issues in multiple columns, or you can have the same issue in multiple columns. And so, yeah, and so what we're really looking for, and I'll, we'll talk about this near the end, but what we're, what we're really looking for are common themes. So we might not be saying the same exact thing in the categories, but there's a theme. Let's say, for example, there's a shortage of money. Well, there's a shortage of money, and then the theme is coming up in multiple columns. And so I do something called clustering. So we're going to cluster the things that seem to be under the same umbrella and, and they all have to do with money or they all have to do with communication or they all have to do with um, 
you know, with a, how about a conflict? So, so it's not an opportunity to sort of vent all the things that you think are wrong is, and, and just sort of be emotional about it. But it's just a way for us to say, okay, wh- what do we need to fix here? Like what's wrong that we need to attack in the future? So do you go in and set the mindset before you do the wrong column? Do you say, okay, this is what we're doing. We don't need to be emotional about this, but we, but, but we, 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 we need to put on your fix it hat. Is that yes. kind of what you're doing? Yeah, very much so. And what I'm off, often trying to do is say, let's not be subjective about things. Let's be objective about them. So let's remove the emotion from it. We're not attacking anybody, but we do want to get the temperature of the organization. And the only way for us to be able to do that is that we is that we identify these things. And what we're doing is we're throwing all these things on the table so that we can get organic buy-in and that we can all be looking at the same side of the diamond. Because in organizations, as you know, diamonds have many sides. In organizations, you have all these employees that are seeing different sides of the same diamond. So what we're trying to do is, is gather all that information so that number one, we can get buy-in, but number two, we're all looking at the same side of the diamond. We kind of go, oh, I'm not the only person who sees this problem. Many of us see this problem. And so let's, I just didn't know that I had other employees that were, that were looking at the same problem. And I have some comrades here. So it actually is very relieving to a lot of people to do this exercise. Yeah. I, I want everybody to understand this is that when Gary's doing this wrong column here, you, he's looking for truth in this piece. and. You can't have truth with emotion patched to it because emotions can be very much wrong. Emotions stem from something different than truth. Truth is something now, now you can have emotional truth, but it's very difficult. And so truth is just is truth is raw and emotion is is driven. And so you can't have some, and the, the great thing about this is that when he's saying, we're looking for truth here, right? Well, the thing about it is, is that Gary keeps control of how these people are giving input because, we, because we're going through the lens or the filter of truth and truth only. And you got to push all the emotion aside and get down to what 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 the real problem is and the only way you can get to a real problem is talk about truth and push the emotion aside all right so let's talk about the confused column gary well this is an excellent column because there's a lot of questions that people have and it gives them an opportunity to say listen i'm confused about this right and i'm not aware of this oftentimes and i've been in many positions of leadership and, and I often think, well, people must get tired of me saying the same thing over and over and over again. And then I come across somebody who, who has never heard that. And they say, well, I didn't know that. I'm like, wow, like I say, I, I think, or I feel like I say this all the time, but someone didn't know that. And so we oftentimes get myopic about, about how we're being perceived by our employees. And so it's really important for us to say, hey, what's confusing to you guys? Because Listen, if I'm in a room all by myself, John, and all I have is time to myself, I can convince myself of anything, right? And, yeah. so to, and so to have people come around you and say, man, I find this confusing. I'm like, really? I don't find that confusing at all. Or I find this confusing about our business or our workspace or, or how we do something or our budget. Um, I think to be able to just sort of open the floodgates and say, hey, what's confusing to you? We can learn so much as business leaders 
and learn so much about how our employees are perceiving the work that they're doing or their work environment. They're just a wealth of information. But if we never ask the, the question in a group setting, hey, what's confusing to you? Then it'll just go on, it will go on being confusing and it's not going to get solved. So how hard is it to get people to 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 fill up this column? Yeah, sometimes it's as you mentioned earlier, it's like sometimes you just got to sit with the silence because there are people in the room that don't talk. There are other people that are very talkative. And so sometimes I'll say I say, hey, we haven't heard from a few people or, uh, you know, a quite a few members of the group, why don't we just give them a chance to share? And so they can share some of the things that are confusing to them. And sometimes you just have to be silent a little bit and say, hey, that, you know, I don't mind silence. It's actually really a really rich time of thinking about things. So I try to remove the stigma that silence is bad or it's uncomfortable. I'll say, you know, sometimes it's really good to be silent. We need to think about this stuff. And if you think about something, let's go ahead and write it down. So, um, so the confusing column, I find to be very, very valuable because what's confusing to me um, might not be confusing to anybody else. And what's con not confusing to me might be confusing to everybody else. And so as a leader, you get to gauge the temperature of this column and the temperature of your organization in profound ways because we just we just don't see everything. So do you see clustering in the confusion column too? Often, yeah. Yeah, you can sort of identify clusters of or themes of of many kinds. And, and oftentimes you'll see them within each column. You'll say, wow, you know, even, even as I'm doing the exercise or facilitating the exercise, um, I'll, I'll begin to notice themes right away. And so I'll go, man, this, this organization has a leadership issue or a leadership development issue or a communication issue. And I don't ever say it out loud. I never give the answers because once they see it on a whiteboard or a piece of paper, they can kind of go, oh, they see it for themselves. I don't have to teach it at all. And so I just ask the right questions. And sometimes when we're talking about what's confusing, I think we can over talk the question. So we can keep explaining about, you know, well, you know, what don't you know about the organization or what's this or what's that? I think the, the gold in this question is just to ask it and be quiet. Yeah. Or it's the gold is to say what feels right or what feels wrong or what feels confusing. And the reason we use the word feel is because you don't always have to justify it scientifically or logically mm -hmm. or rationally, but it's, but everybody feels it. So, um, so we will naturally put down things that we think are wrong, but just giving permission to feel and communicate their feeling of something wrong is, is really freeing for those who are answering the question. Yeah, there's, there, there's this whole concept about about feelers, and and you normally do a scale of like one uh, zero to ten. Ten means that you're emotionally just distraught. I mean, you're just and zero means that and and nobody's really ever at a zero. A zero means like you're born. <laughs> That's it, you know, because because you have no other reference in life. Um, but you know. Most people run about a two or three on most cases, um, and it's all has to do with life experiences and 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 the worst and the worst life experiences you have as a child, your feeler gets stuck at like a seven or eight or nine, and then you go from that there is no like one or two to a ten, then you're stuck at like a seven or eight, and then you go from that that there is your new one or two, and you go straight to a ten. And so, so the thing is, is that you, 
you got to be able to read that room too on those people that are are, are really emotional pieces. And then you got to deduct from that, like I said earlier, the truth out of that. So anyhow, so let's go to the next column, which is the last column, which is the missing column. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, by nature of the question or the call and the name on the column missing, it's like we often don't know what's missing. Like we don't know what we don't know. And so this column gives us an opportunity to talk about just what just feels like it's missing in this organization or in this business. It could be an employee handbook. It could be some clarity around, um, you know, a policy manual. It could be um, what the rules are. You know, I just heard about a business yesterday and uh, and one that's um, one that's just in my my local geographical area. Someone got hired this past week and my wife went up to them and said, so what's your role and responsibility? And the person didn't know. The person didn't know why they had been hired. And so while that might sound ludicrous to you and I, it's an, it's an incredibly common issue where people don't know exactly what their roles and responsibilities are. So they might be missing job descriptions or clear job descriptions, or maybe the job descriptions are too vague. Um, they're missing a handbook. They're missing a policy manual. They're missing all types of things. And so it's really great for the leadership of an organization to hear organically what is missing because they often just deal with those upper level kinds of issues and questions, but they don't ever really, they're, they're not boots on the ground. Right. And they're not in every room or in every department. And so this is an opportunity for them to hear that. Yeah. It's it's even when you talk about employee handbook, there's a really great practice that I'm going to share with everybody, which is, is that once a year you need to have some sort of meeting with everyone. Okay, whether it's Zoom, in person, whatever. And you need to read go and you need to go back over each section of the employee handbook. Because do you know what do you know the one thing I hear all the time? Is that well, I didn't know that what's in the employee handbook. Did you read it? No. Well, you signed the employee handbook that you did read it and that you understood all the policies and procedures. And they're like, well, I didn't read it. And so the thing about it is, is that what you what you do is that if you have a session that's an hour long and you just go over and, and believe me, it, it, this is this is not a fun meeting. I mean, it, it is a meeting that absolutely sucks, to be honest, but it's very crucial because the thing about it is, is that what this does is that this gets everybody on the same page and then you don't have to you don't have to worry about confusing and missing in this, because if you go through it and explain it. With the, and especially because most employee handbooks change yearly. And whenever this happens, people need to understand what has changed and why it has changed, too. So anyhow. So finally, to make sense of everything that we wrote down in these four columns, how do we land the plane? How do we make sense of all, all of this? How can we put things into actionable items? How can we get make all of this make sense of it all? Well, the golden in the golden all of this is doing the clustering. And so what I'll often do is take a red pen and I'll say, so what themes do you see? And they'll say, well, we see a theme of, let's say, lack of resources or lack of money. And so I'll go down the wrong column and circle all the things that have to do with money. Then I'll go into the confusing column, circle all the things that have to do with money. I'll go into the missing column, circle all the things that have to do with money. And so they can visually see through the colors 
that that this is a common theme that is throughout the the organization. Like we're just like we're taking a snapshot, an organic snapshot of the organization every four or six months. So that idea of clustering is incredibly important. And so then I'll say, well, what other what other themes do you see? Well, someone says communication. So I'll take a green marker and I'll circle all the things. And you can circle two, you can circle one item with two or three different colors. It's okay. But we just want to kind of gather the information about, about the themes that they're seeing. So if there's a communication theme, and after a while, if you see, you know, half of the things that are on your list that are, you know, circled in green, you might say, wow, one of our core issues is communication. And I had no idea how many things it was affecting. So it's a really valuable exercise to cluster these things. And then off to the side, I'll usually write down the core issues. Hey, what do you think the, the, you know, the three core issues are? And, and what's really cool, John, is that everybody gets to look at this and say, well, it's pretty obvious. There's most, you know, there's so much green on this exercise. It has to be communication. So we're all like, yeah, no, it's communication. And so just the, <laughs> the idea of them organically coming up with it themselves, I'm not teaching them, they're coming up, they're becoming made aware of the, the core issues. And so what we can do then is we can say, well, which of these core issues do we want to work on first? What aspects of the core issues? What if we solved this core issue? How could that affect other issues? Maybe if we attacked and solved this one issue, it would solve multiple issues. So it's a really great opportunity for the organization to self-determine at an organic level the direction and action steps that they need to take. Yeah, it's it is is very as 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 business coaches, me and him both are. It's very rewarding being a facilitator and watching people get those aha moments. It is is one of the best things in the whole world. Well, Gary, let me ask you a question. So, if somebody wants you to come to their organization and help them out with this particular um, organic buy-in piece of it. How can they get in touch with you? How can how can they how can you help facilitate this process for them? Yeah, I'd be happy to do it. There's a couple of different ways that that can happen. It can happen live, so an organization could have me come and, and be physically present with them, or I can do it online. And I've done many many sessions online. And even though it might sound like it's pretty challenging, it's actually um, not that bad. We have a an organ a website called Miro that we use. And, and it's very participatory. So it's an excellent resource. So I can do it online. I can do it live. And um, and you can find more information about me at GaryChupik.com. Or you can Google me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm on, I'm just all over Google. So people can find me on Google just by typing in my name. And then you can set up a free 30-minute discovery call if you'd like to discuss what it would look like in your business for me to participate and facilitate this exercise. Perfect. And once more, um, I just I really want to pro- plug your product once again, of uh, because this is our second podcast in this series of three I got going on with Gary. And I just want you to real quick talk about the game plan for life. Uh, this is this has been an eye opener for me. Uh, me and Gary spent two days together. He was uh, he was he was he was here with me a few months ago, um, and we spent two days just going through this thing. And it was such a Oh my gosh, it it's 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 it really changed my life because it opened my eyes to the things inside of me. So Gary, can you talk for just a few minutes about the game plan for life? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, it's hard for people to describe what happens in two days uh, when we work together. Um, so basically what it is, it's a, it's a two-day strategic plan for a high-level leader's life. And I work with many CEOs and business owners and professional athletes. 
and take and walk them through this two-day exercise. And basically what it does is it gives you a really clear picture of where you've been and where you are and how, how does that information project into the future so that you can extend the trajectory of who you are and, and kind of your path in life. And so it's incredibly meaningful and powerful. And, and you come out of it with a game plan for your life, a strategic game plan about where you're going and, and what kinds of opportunities are for you and what, what's not for you. So, um, so yeah, it's very, very life-changing and I'm excited about it. That's awesome, Gary. Uh, within the, uh, the podcast notes, there'll be a link to Gary's website. You can reach out to him. Uh, by the way, thank you, Gary, for being on the on the podcast today. I hope my listeners are enjoying this. This is a great series, um, and it's 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 always a pleasure when I when I'm able to to just really sit down and pick your brain a little bit and get some information from you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so uh, we'll be having an having we have one more part in our three part series on this with Gary. Uh, tune in for the next episode. And uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to this episode. Hopefully, what I shared with you will help you in your business journey as we share to help others expand their minds, businesses, and profits. If this episode did help you, be sure to share it with someone else that you know that it will help. We can only achieve our mission if we share it with others and always give first. I hope I can also help you even further by sharing my resources. It is a page that contains all the digital assets we use to expand our business and to help us free up time. The great thing about this page is completely free. Just go to resources.expansioncode.com to get your free access. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic day, my friends.